Welcome to the Spry Podcast. Today we are talking about retirement, and this is a four-part series with Karen Kindred. Welcome, Karen. Thank you. Happy to be here. Give you a bit of background on Karen. So she has over 40 years of experience in individuals and couples therapy. Karen is an interactive solution-focused therapist. Her approach is to provide support and practical feedback to help clients effectively address personal life challenges. Karen recently retired from private practice and wants to share her therapeutic tools with as many people as possible. She holds a master's degree in social work and a bachelor's degree in psychology from the University of Utah. And today we want to talk about emotions in retirement. This phase of life can bring up big emotions and it's important to learn why those are presenting themselves and how to deal with them. And the tool that we're going to talk about today is called the ruler. And this is an evidence-based approach to social and emotional learning, which was developed at the Yale Center for Emotional Intelligence. And what I think is interesting is that it was developed for kids, is to help kids like, you know, recognize and label their own emotions. But, you know, I was introduced to this a few years ago by you as, you know, well into adulthood. And Mm -hmm. it's a really useful tool Maybe we forgot that maybe we just think we learned everything about emotion when we were young. And <laughs> Well, I don't think that when we were young, they did this kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> you know, they didn't teach this, but there's more of a need now. I think, you know, the ruler is about emotional intelligence. And Mark Burnett is the guy who developed this. And he talks about emotional intelligence, which is basically has two parts to it. The first part is how to regulate yourself. And the second part is how do you respond and deal with other people and their emotions? And so those two parts are emotional intelligence. The good thing about emotional intelligence is everybody can learn it. Yeah. Your IQ, your intellectual intelligence is basically you're born with that. And there's not a lot you can do to change that. But emotional intelligence is easily learned if you want to be. Yeah. If you want to learn it. Yeah. I think it it's does. like anything. You know, it's mindfulness. It's like, like you said, the like part of it is understanding yourself and then part of it is, okay, well, how do I interact with others? But it is work. Right. It's something <laughs> you have to learn. So yeah. we thought that if we went through it and I took Natalie through the ruler, yep. that that might be an interesting way for you guys to learn. So the ruler is an... I don't know an, if acronym. It's an acronym, but mm-hmm. it, yeah, abbreviate. So it stands for the first R in ruler is recognize. The second is understand. L is label. E is express. And R is regulate. So recognize, understand, label, express, and regulate. So we'll start with the first R, which is oh, recognize. Yeah. Okay, so I'm just going to take Natalie through this like I would any client or any person. And this is what you learn to do to yourself. And this will take a little bit of time as we go through this. But when you learn how to do it with yourself, you can do it in as quick as one minute. Yeah. It's a really great tool for this kind of thing. So let's start, Natalie. Just think of a situation in your life that you've had some, you know, negative feelings about or that have upset you or whatever. Yep. Just kind of get in the mindset of feeling that way. Yep. Just let me know when you kind of have remembered it and Yeah, well, I have a recurring 
angst. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this is something that recurs. And over, I actually first identified it with you a couple of years ago. And when we, we have actually done a workshop with this and as we went through it, it took me back to, oh yeah, I have had this happen before. And it, this actually happened yesterday. So <laughs> I'm there, <laughs> but I processed it way quicker yesterday than I did the last time. Oh, it this happened. literally happened yeah. yesterday for yeah. you? Oh. Yeah. And I feel it in my body because my heart starts to race. Right. So that's how I can recognize. So the first R is recognize. Okay. Let me take yeah. you through it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but that's what happens. Yeah. Okay. So you've got the feeling now. Yeah. Where do you feel it? My heart starts to race. Okay. Is it, in, it's in your chest, right? At, it is your heart? Yeah. Okay. It's like blood pumping. Okay. So it gets really... Yeah. Is there a tightness with it or is there anything else that it's just your yeah, first cue? Yeah, just sort of like, yeah, my first cue is that my heart starts to race. Okay. Yeah. And if all of you think about the same, whatever your situation is, I want you to kind of, as I take Natalie through this, to feel it yourself and go through it, but you will always feel it in your body first. And we don't pay attention to our bodies. Yeah. And so we either shut down, it's fight or flight, yep. or we leave. We do something else, but if we are with that feeling and go, oh, my heart's pumping, yep. I, I'm i having this feeling. Yeah. Well, my instinct was slam the laptop shut and walk away mm -hmm. in that moment. So mm -hmm. it was definitely like a flight thing. Mm -hmm. Just get angry and leave. Okay. <laughs> leave my laptop. <laughs> All right. So that's the first thing we're going to do is recognize in our body. So your heart's pumping. Yeah. Okay. Now, when have you felt this before? Most of the things that happen with the understanding it. Yep. This is something that's happened for all of us our whole lives. You can remember back to an incident in third grade or in kindergarten or in junior high or some in the past, and you'll recognize that this is the same feeling in your body that you've had. Yes. Forever. Yeah. Can you get to that place where you can understand a little like bit? why it's happening? Yeah. I Well... I mean, do you want me to tell you, like, the situation? If you feel comfortable. If you don't, that's yeah. fine. Whatever you want to do. But it's it's just being able to understand that this has been with you your whole life. Yeah. So I think for me, this tends to occur when I feel like someone who doesn't understand or know my world or have the same skills or expertise or whatever is telling me what to do. So it's... Like, I know exactly when it's mm -hmm. happening, and we'll talk about labeling it, but I mean, if we just put it simply, someone who doesn't know what they're doing and has never done it before is telling me what to do or pushing back on something. That's when I will feel my heart race and, like, start to get this feeling and get upset and just want to walk away. Okay, and you can trace that back to different yeah. times in your life and even the maybe the first time. yeah. Which is always an interesting, the first time you remember it. Yeah. And I've got that same thing where I know exactly I can remember. Yeah. And it's like, okay, it's familiar. Yep. And we, a lot of times, just have learned to ignore it. Yeah. And it doesn't go away. That which is squelched is not dead. It comes back in other ways. Yeah. And that's something that when you have more time to sit and stew on something. Yeah. In retirement, it's going to get worse and worse, and then it's going to be a bigger blow-up. 
No, I mean, this is definitely, I can go back, go back in time and identify that this happens over and over. And I think before we went through this exercise a couple of years ago, it really affected the amount of emotion I had. It, it's always happened at work and it definitely affects like even how I felt about like the workplace or the team or the environment or whatever. And now it like does not like over the last couple of years, like it doesn't affect me as much now mm-hmm. that I, I understand it more, but yeah. Okay. So now we've recognized it. Where do you feel it in your body? And I was going to mention too about the recognition. A lot of people feel it. They'll say they feel it in their chest. And then I'll say, you know, is it in, higher up in your chest or is it lower? Where exactly? And I say, well, the base of my throat. And this is a big one. People start feeling something and it's almost like their throat is tightening up or closing. That's a really common one. And maybe some of you have that. And metaphysically, beyond the physical, that means you're not speaking your truth. You're not saying something that you need to say. Yeah. And that's an important aspect of looking at where it is in your body. There's always something in your body that's going to tell you what's going on. Yeah. I've heard people say, you know, it's like something in the pit of their stomach or they Mm -hmm. feel sick to their stomach. Mm -hmm. A lot of like throat closing, sweaty, like Mm -hmm. flushed. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I've known people that say, you know, all of a sudden they're realizing that they're just hunched over and they're just tight. Yeah. And like waiting for the blow or whatever. So it's just, I wanted to give you some other examples of that. So now we're going to go from recognizing the understanding has happened before. It's something that you're used to and probably don't pay much attention to, but you need to. And now we're going to label it. And this is the part where if you name it, you can tame it. And that's a really important thing because a lot of times we use general words for feelings. You know, I feel anxious. I feel sad. I feel hurt. I feel mad. Those are fine words. There's nothing wrong with those. But what we need is for each person to come up with a word that really resonates with them. Yep. Not just a generic word. And sometimes it is a generic word that recognizes with you, but you really want to get to something that really, really labels what it is you're really feeling. Yep. Since we've done this before, let's go through the process of labeling it. Yep. And where we both kind of go. So what do you... I think that high-level, easy term is just, I'm angry. Okay. But if I really dive into it, I feel, I think, disrespected. And maybe mistrust or not trusted that, you know, someone is telling me to do something that they have no experience in doing, and I have a tremendous amount of experience in doing. Why aren't they trusting my judgment or trusting my recommendation? Okay, so you've and, gone from angry yeah. to disrespected. Yes. That's a very big word. Do you think that part of it comes from how you view they're seeing you, how they view you? Yeah, well, yeah. You know I what mean, I mean? Like, yeah. well, they think I'm stupid or they think I'm, yeah. they don't trust me. Or they think they have some, well, when it's happened, this happened with like a peer group at work. When it's happened in the past, it's always been that there's, you know, a lot of times this has happened when the company I work for hires a management consultant who is very smart. The level of, you know, smarts is great. The level of experience is zero. Mm-hmm. So you have someone with zero experience. A lot of education. You, a lot of education, <laughs> a lot of big labels yeah. and like, you know. And making millions of dollars. Making millions of dollars. <laughs> coming in and telling you what to do 
And the leadership team is listening to that person over you, their own, you know, the person that they employ to like and that they've hired to do this job. And so I think part of it is why does leadership trust this person more than they trust me? I think when it's with a peer group, it's, you know, I don't know do you not think I know what I'm doing? Or why do you feel like, like we're peers, why do you feel like you can tell me what to do (laughs) Mm -hmm. or what I should be doing or question the way I lead, question the way I manage, question what my team is doing, question what they're capable of doing. So there's a lot of like, I'm trying to communicate and collaborate and like have a good working relationship. And what I'm being met with is, questioning okay. my capability. So I don't know. I think disrespect is the best word, but maybe it's not. Okay. But then I think you probably feel all of those things. Yeah. But if we could come up with a really good word that's your word, you know, where does that lead you? It leads you back to you. So you feel disrespected. You feel questioned. You feel like you're not trusted. You feel those things. How does that make you feel? Well, angry. <laughs> Um, Deeper than that. Does that make you feel insecure? And by insecure, you're not, you're by no means an insecure person. Yeah. yeah. I don't mean that. I mean, in that moment, almost questioning yourself or insecure and what's going on then. I don't mean in your self esteem or anything like that. Yeah. I would say insecurity. Yeah. Insecure for sure. Because, like in the example of the management consultant, it's someone who's being paid to like assess a situation and report back. So there's the insecurity of they're going to report back that I don't know what I'm doing and I'm going to lose my job or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, you know, maybe it is the same thing where it's like, oh, my peers are questioning this and I'm feeling insecure. Like they're going to go back to my boss and be like, she doesn't know what she's doing. Even though, yeah, my feeling is, well, you don't know what you're doing. And then now you're assessing what you think I should be doing and reporting back on it. Maybe that's it. Well, and that gives you a level of insecurity to know that someone, to feel like someone is judging you and reporting to someone else about you and you have no say in it. It's a different word. Maybe it's not insecure, but you don't have any choice. You don't have any control over that situation. I don't think it's a control issue, but I think that that makes most people feel really insecure and really I don't know. See, we have to spitball this to get the right word for you. Yeah, I think in this situation, too, I'm newer, right? The people that I'm interacting with have been there and working with our leader for longer than I have. So I think there's a little bit of, like, I'm still proving myself and maybe, you know, they don't know me as, like, my leader doesn't know me as well as he knows them. And so, yeah, part of it is, like, a a fear. Maybe it's fear and insecurity of, they're going to be trusted more than me because they've been here longer. And I think what happened yesterday as I processed this was like, calm down. There's no evidence that anyone doesn't think I know what I'm doing. There's no evidence that so I'm you're, not performing. Right. Yeah. As you're saying all this, what's the f- word that comes to you? How do you label it? Calm down. Or I don't know. Like, no, take no, a breath. No, like, no. What's the feeling? You're labeling the feeling. Of when I'm processing it? No, just or, right now, you've just said a bunch of different feelings. What is that <laughs> word? What feeling word does that come down to? Security, confidence. So um, insecure? Yeah. Oh, for sure. Insecure. Okay. Yeah. My feeling see, is insecurity. Okay. For sure. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I see this when I'm working with someone, I can see what resonates with them. Yeah. Non-verbally. Yeah. And that's what I, you got the biggest non-verbal. <laughs> yes. Yeah. So it's insecure. Yeah. And so- you get to a place where you feel your heart pounding. 
you recognize it. It's something you've had your whole life. Yep. And you label it as being insecure. Yep. And again, not insecure in everything, but insecure in that situation yep. or that moment or whatever it is. Because people get really afraid to say they're insecure. Yeah. Or insecure with these relationships because they're right. new, right? Exactly. Like we haven't, I don't know. Yeah. Exactly. It's, yeah. There's a level of insecurity there. And that's a really big feeling that has a lot of components to it. So yeah. the next thing we look at is after we've labeled it is expressing it. Okay. So you're aware, you know what's going on, and we have to make a choice whether we're going to express it to someone else or even to ourselves. The first thing that we have to do is express it to ourselves. Yeah. Or you say in your head, and this takes 30 seconds, oh, my heart's pounding, uh, had that before, and I'm feeling insecure. Yeah. I know that. So you're there, 10 seconds. Now you have to Say, okay, I've expressed it to myself. Is that enough? Is, am I calmed down? Yep. Do I need to say anything to anybody else? Do I need to sit with it? You have to find out what you need to do with it. And then there's the other question of, should I express this to the person? Yeah. And it's interesting because when I have done coaching in teams, we do the ruler individually and then everybody shares the ruler with each other. So they know that when they see so-and-so getting that look on their face or whatever, they know that they're feeling, you know, insecure or vulnerable yeah. or whatever you want to say. Yeah. And they can say, oh, you know, hey, when I'm talking to you about this, I don't mean to make you feel, I know that you go to that place. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't, that's not what this is about. And then you can put that aside. Yeah. So there's a lot of value in expressing. But again, you have to be cautious. If you have a situation where you have a neighbor that is parking too close to your car or something like that. And it really bugs you. And every time you see it, you get annoyed and you get that feeling and all that. you got to judge, is it worth it to have a confrontation or to yeah. express it to this neighbor? Do you care that much? You know, and if you do, then definitely you, you want to express it. And that's just a little ramification. But maybe speaking to a boss or speaking to someone, you know, what would happen? Is it worth it? And to me, if you have the communication skills and you understand it and you have the accountability and own it, it's always best to try and just say, hey, you know, I don't know what you meant by that because it, I felt, you know, a little insecure in that situation or I felt whatever. Yeah. So it's in the expressing part, you have to realize, is it worth it to express to someone else, but for sure express it to yourself? Yeah. And I think like in this particular instance, like I was able to express it to myself. Mm -hmm. And this situation is – I'm trying to make some changes that I think are causing a bit of – We're trying to do what you were hired to do. Yeah, trying to <laughs> – and it's – and I'm new and, like, as that I've, I've expressed it to myself, I think also I've just, like, been around long enough to understand that, like, change doesn't happen immediately and it's a process and we're in the process. So even being able to say, like, okay, I'm feeling insecure, you know, and – I know this is going to take time and I I have ways to express it that I think will be productive that are outside mm -hmm. of myself. And one thing I really had to focus on in the moment though was like not getting angry in the moment and expressing something in the moment. It was being able to at least take a breath, express it to myself so I could say like, what's the way, the right way to express it? Whereas I think a younger version of me would have like escalated it or maybe not done something that was super productive, where I think I have more of the ability to say, okay, this is what's happening. Oh, I'm feeling, now I'll know, like, okay, exactly. I'm feeling insecure. And then do I need to either 
have a conversation with them. Not right now while my heart's pounding and I'm super upset, but at some point. And so I've been like building towards that. But I also think like sometimes it takes time. Well, and you have to have that relationship and feel secure in that relationship to do that. But I think that when you get into the last R, which is regulate, the ruler helps you regulate yourself. But we look at how, how do people typically regulate when they're upset? Yeah. You know, there's people that drink too much, that eat too much, that sleep too much, that play too many video games, that work out too much. I mean, the gambit of things. And then there's ways to say, how can I regulate this for myself? You know, maybe I need to go for a walk. Or maybe I need to, you know, get up and read something. Or maybe I need to call a friend or something that you can do that's positive and will help you to get past it. Yeah. And then revisit it when you feel better. Yeah, for sure. So being able to regulate yourself, which is the emotional intelligence. Yeah, and I think for me, you know, it's like yesterday was just like, I'm just going to step away from this. I did go to the gym, which helped. And I've I've actually used that before where it's like, you know, I'm just going to go have some super hard physical activity Mm -hmm. where you get out of your head, right? Like you have to be in your body. Oh, absolutely. That's what I do. I work out. But again, that can be used to a point where right. not neither of us. Yeah. <laughs> Look at us, you'll know that. But it's just a matter of knowing that you want to regulate. Yes. And self-regulation is the key to not being anxious and upset and angry all the time. I mean, you want to feel that emotion, though. You don't want to just bury it and, you know, flee from it or shut down. Yeah. And the ruler gives you the ability to do that. Well, and I think, too, part of the regulation is being able to put it into context of like, how big of a deal is this? Mm-hmm. That's the expression part. Is it yeah. really big enough deal for me to, how am I going to feel about this tomorrow? Yeah. And I think in situations where maybe this is going to happen over and over and over again, it's important to express it because externally or figure out a way through it. So you're not like. Yeah. And I think when you do express it to a boss or a fellow worker or someone that's in your on your team and you're the leader of the team, I think it is models that behavior, that it's okay to say something like that. Yeah. And as long as you're on it and say, hey, you know, I tend to feel this way when these things happen. And I was feeling that way. So I just want to check with you and see if, yeah. you know, and, and they're going to go, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't, I don't want you to feel insecure. I don't want you to feel angry. Thank you for telling me. Yeah. It's trusting someone and you don't have to go into the, a lot of detail with it. Yeah. It's interesting, like in reading about retirement specifically, like big feelings, it's, yeah, from the stories that we're told, like they can almost kind of sneak up on you too. Like when someone says, oh, so-and-so's retired and it brings up this feeling of not being valued or not being heard or whatever that I've been Mm -hmm. sort of like taken out of the conversation because I'm retired now and, you know, causes like big emotions. I wonder like, what are some of the, the emotions that can come up, you know, or what are some of the triggers to look out for if you hear things, you yeah, mean. or like in this phase of life, like what brings up big emotions? Well, I think it can be minor things. It can be just something that comes out of the blue, and you don't expect it. Yeah, and you know, it could be hearing someone's retired. That's a good one. It could be that you know you f- went somewhere and nobody spoke to you, or you were someone was condescending to you, or you know, just different things. You're they're not helping you at the store or, you know, like you're just invisible. Yeah. 
that kind of thing where you start feeling those things inside. It's like, oh, you know, or if they're talking to me like I'm an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> you know, because I'm old or because I'm retired. Yeah. Or something like that. And even like stories too of maybe people like dealing with children who maybe have different expectations of you in your retirement. Like, oh, great, you're available. Oh, we don't yeah. have a boundary. Mm-hmm. Or spouses you know, being physically together all the time and mm-hmm. not being able to express like needs. And I just think there's a lot, you know, again, it's not straightforward. And no. there are a lot of emotions that can come up and just being able to have these tools is super helpful. And as, as soon as you start feeling it, you're aware where it is in your body, you can just go right through it in 30 seconds. Yep. And it won't make it go away forever. If you were at a 10, it'll get you down to a five. Right. Just like that. Yeah. Even just labeling it. And you can live with a five. Yeah. Yeah, Just labeling it. That's exactly it. You can live with a five. Yeah. You can't live with an eight or a nine for very long. Yeah. Cool. Well, we will link to information about the ruler. I also have a very extensive list of feelings as I did some research, happy, sad, angry. There are many, many words that are more specific. So we'll, we'll link to a handy guide for that. And uh, next up, we're going to be talking about putting together your plan, which as a uh, planner, I'm super excited (laughs) about. (laughs) And it's not a planner. You'll be interested to hear how I did it. (laughs) 